Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest edition, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Age is Just a Number, 101 Stories of Humor and Wisdom for Life After 60. Good morning, Amy. Happy Thursday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I'm excited about talking about these stories. This book was so much fun to put together. I'm 63, <laughs> and I found mm-hmm. these stories so inspirational. And, you know, I, I, I talked to one of our editors who's only just turned 50, and she said uh-huh. that reading Age is Just a Number made her look forward to the day when she turned 60. Wonderful, wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. I love the book. It is very interesting. And the funny thing about it is that it is a funny read. So it's wonderful. (laughs) There are a lot of funny stories. I mean, people are great at poking fun of themselves as they get older. They poke fun at their physical condition. They poke fun at themselves when they're trying to, you know, do new things and they're Mm -hmm. the oldest person at the gym. Um, (laughs) They talk about gravity, their hair going white, you know, (laughs) forgetting words. I mean, they do it all with good humor. And that's great because that's the correct way for us to handle some of the inevitable signs of aging that we go through. That's true. So true. Well, congratulations on this release, which was this past Tuesday. And I'm sure it'll be a hit, a bestseller real quickly. Yeah, I thought it was cool. We put it out on election day um, when we were electing a senior citizen to be president. <laughs> and so that seemed very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Is there a backstory leading to the composition of this book? Um, I guess it's, I guess what happened is that we had put out a book back in 2011 called mm-hmm. Chicken Soup for the Soul, Inspiration for the Young at Heart. And that book was very popular. But then we thought, you know, a lot has changed. It's been mm-hmm. nine years. And there's so many things that are different now. There are, um, like, there are assisted living facilities. That wasn't mm-hmm. nearly as widespread nine years ago. People are more physically fit now as they age. They tend to... Uh, be a lower, there are a lower percentage of smokers now among people mm-hmm. who are past 60. Everybody's in better shape. They're wiser about aging. There's a lot more science about aging. The medicine is better for aging. And mm-hmm. we thought it's time to look at this subject again and do it in an up-to-date manner with social media and technology and the you know advances in healthcare and the advances mm-hmm. in fitness. So, I mean, we're almost looking at a new generation, you know, that's turning 60 and up. So that's why I figured it was a good time to do this again. And we were overwhelmed with submissions. And usually (laughs) when you get a lot of submissions for a book, you know, okay, this is going to be a really popular topic. And we were right to make this book because sometimes we 
post one of these topics on our website and we see mm-hmm. how many submissions will we get right off the bat. Well, we ended up getting between four and 5,000 submissions for age is just a number. And of course, as always, we only have 101 slots in the book. So that made it really fun to put this together because <laughs> we could have a huge variety right. of experiences in the book. So mm-hmm. we have stories from people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We even have a story from a woman who's 102, who I actually met a few years ago. <laughs> She's amazing. I mean, what an inspiration for all of us. She's 102, clear head, gets out there, <laughs> writes beautifully. She's just incredible. Based on her mm-hmm. writing, I would have thought she was 40. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's totally awesome. Do you guys keep track of what percentage of chicken soup readers are actually over 60 years old? No, we really don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. we, know that, we know that our readers are primarily female, mm-hmm. and we know that we are very popular with you know, preteens and teens all the way up to seniors. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what the spread is. I mean, I know that the people who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s today – Mm-hmm. probably saw their children or grandchildren reading Chicken Soup for the Preteen Soul and Chicken Soup for the right, Teenage Soul. Right. So they're all very, very aware of our brand, and they really like it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many uh, older readers we have, but I know that this is a book that will work for all men and women, 60 and up. And we do have plenty of stories in here from men as well. So if you were going to give it as a Christmas gift, to somebody, you could absolutely give it to a man, no problem, because there are plenty of stories from men, and it's not a, it is not a women's book, definitely not. It's a book for everybody. <laughs> Wonderful. What was the most rewarding experience for you in choosing the final 101 stories? I think for me, it was just my own personal development. I find that when I put together our books, it's mm-hmm. always uh, – a process of improvement for me because it helped me think through how will I conduct my life and what mm-hmm, should I be mm-hmm. doing next? And, Oh, these people are trying new things. I will continue to try new things. I will get more fit. <laughs> so I just think it's, it's, it's really like having 101 role models that you, you're holding in your hand. Mm-hmm, in this book. Mm-hmm. Our books always to me feel like they're, portable support groups, you know, because you get to read 101 stories from people who are just like you, who have been there, done that, and they're passing on to you (laughs) their most important moments, you know, their funniest times, their most heartwarming times, the milestones in their lives. And these are the same milestones that you're going to have. (laughs) So it's, I just always feel like I come away from editing one of these books. Um, I, I come away feeling like I'm happier and more grateful mm-hmm. for my life and filled with ideas for new things. My husband, you know, has <laughs> learned to dread it when I say to him, you know what we should do? You know, <laughs> it's become like a joke. He's like, Oh God, you know what we should do? Cause I always have some idea for some new thing we're going to do. <laughs> That's interesting. That's beautiful. For me in reading this, it does bring up introspection in the sense that sometimes we ask ourselves, why me? Why me? And then when you look at the various stories somehow, it's like, well, people go through it 
it all the time, not necessarily all the time, but it's it's happening out there, and it's a matter of how you look at it. What's your perspective on it? And that's what makes it beautiful. You definitely will not feel like you're alone in confronting, <laughs> you know, your 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, because yeah. you have all these new friends in the pages of this book who say, look, here's what I did, and it worked for me. So you mm-hmm. could try this too. So I love that. I, I feel like it's very motivational like so many people reported um that they were doing new things like there's a story Mm -hmm. by this woman named beverly burmeyer and she was constantly doing new scary things like she starts off (laughs) her story talking about how she went to a beginner trapeze class and she was in her 70s so she was the oldest participant in the class by decades Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she did really well. I mean, she flew through the air on the trapeze and then, you know, caught the next trapeze, that thing they do at the circus where they come along and then the next trapeze comes out and they grab mm-hmm. onto the next trapeze and abandon the one that they were on. Mm-hmm. And then she did that. But then she dropped onto that safety net that's below. Right. And her instructor was so impressed that he gave her some additional tricks to do on the trapeze. <laughs> and she went on after that to try zip lining, hang gliding, parasailing, mm-hmm. paragliding, something called flyboarding. I don't even know what that is. And <laughs> skydiving. And she has traveled all over the world, including Antarctica, India, Nepal, Cuba, seven countries in Africa. This woman is a dynamo, always trying new <laughs> things. And that is just She's such a good role model for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to try something big like trapeze. You, right. could, you could try that new food that the younger mm-hmm. members of your family right. keep right. talking right. about that you're sure you're going you're gonna to hate. <laughs> I did that with avocados. Like my, all my, my kids were eating <laughs> avocado toast. But avocados are disgusting. It's this green, mushy stuff. <laughs> then I tried them. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, this is actually pretty good. Now I get them all the time. I mean, it can be something little that you try and you feel so good about yourself when you step outside your comfort zone and try something new. Beverly stepped outside her comfort zone by flying through the air on a trapeze, but we don't have to be mm-hmm. that extreme. So true. So true. Do you have a story you would like to share with us since you are in that, what you call well, it, in I that actually, age right now? <laughs> yeah. So when I was 59 and I was looking at 60. Mm-hmm. I did the most scary thing, which was paragliding. And I did it mm-hmm. because I felt 60 was coming. And I jumped off a cliff in Oman. It was actually the day after the election in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I jumped off this cliff. And it was, here's how scary it was. So we're at this, there's a cliff. It's a thousand foot drop. I'm not exaggerating. So you're a thousand feet up. That's like, you know, a 10-story building. Is that a ten? No, a 10-story building is 100 feet up. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. it's a 100-story building. So that's how high I was. It was like jumping off, you know, the World Trade Tower. And, right. um, but here's how it worked. First of all, I didn't realize that paragliding meant you were using a parachute because I had said I would never use a parachute because there's all those <laughs> strings coming out of it. You know, what if, they, what if it doesn't open up properly? I don't know why I thought paragliding was more like hang gliding with a fixed mm-hmm, wing. I mm-hmm. should have realized it had the word parrot in it, the word parachute. <laughs> but then when I got to the top of the cliff and I saw 
that it was a parachute. I thought para stood for paraplegic because <laughs> I was going to die going off this cliff. And then here it gets even worse though. They strap me in. I'm looking behind me, horrified to see this parachute lying on the ground, like a little piece of fabric lying on the ground with a million strings coming out of it. And then they said, you have to run off the cliff <laughs> because if you don't run, the parachute will not fill with air. You right. can't just go to the edge of the cliff, look and jump over, off. and then yeah. tentatively jump. Right. You have to have so much faith that the parachute will fill with air that you have to run off the cliff, and the parachute is starting off as this piece of fabric lying on the ground. So anyway, I did that, <laughs> um, and I felt like after I did that, I could do just about anything. <laughs> That's awesome. That's truly an awesome experience. I mean, I'm sure it's like you got to ask yourself, like, okay, great, right? I'm like choosing to run off the cliff here. <laughs> it, the only the only way that it worked for me was because right. you go with you know somebody's with you, just like in mm-hmm. skydiving, you go with somebody. So right. there's this huge guy who I'm tethered to. So it mm-hmm. was almost mm-hmm. like those cartoon characters. So I'm <laughs> he's like six and a half feet tall. I'm five foot three. So I'm tethered to him. So <laughs> We're running towards the cliff, but eventually my feet are running. They're in the air like the cartoon character, right? <laughs> He's the one running off the cliff. I'm, my feet are moving, but not really doing anything, and I'm screaming right. also, which right. was a distraction for him. And then we go off the cliff, and clearly we did not plummet to our deaths, um, <laughs> but I couldn't have done it without him pushing me along. <laughs> Beautiful story. Beautiful story. Let's talk about the book. What is the scoop about the book cover? I like it. It's really cool, but I want you to describe it. <laughs> it was so hard to come up with a cover because I didn't want to put people on the cover because mm-hmm. we have people of all different ages in here. We're basically covering, you know, 40 years of, mm-hmm. of you know, the age that we can all go through, your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And so right. I didn't want to put people on the cover. So then our graphic designer suggested we put a cake on the cover with candles and have the candles say, age is just a number. And so mm-hmm. we did that. I have to tell you, we struggled to make this cover. <laughs> it took us so long to get it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, this was one of the hardest covers we've ever made. And I think it came out really great. And mm-hmm. I guess my concern was I didn't want it to look like it was a book that you would just give as a birthday gift. That was my concern. So I wanted the cake, but I didn't really want balloons. But then Simon and Schuster, our distributor wanted the balloons. So then we put the balloons. So I'm just saying to everybody out there, this is a gift for all year long. This would be a great Christmas gift. It's not just for birthday parties, even though, it clearly looks like a birthday party now on the cover of the book. Um, and I tried not to do that, but nobody really understands how hard it is to make covers. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes we just ace them. You know, we nail them right up front. And then sometimes we go through 30 different versions, and, and it takes us months. And it's so frustrating. My graphic designer wants to kill me when I go back to him. And I say, oh, we have to make another change, even though we thought we were done. So anyway, this was one of those ones that was a struggle, but I think it was worth it because it came out looking really great. That's wonderful. It's beautiful, though. I mean, it's very engaging, I could tell you that. So you guys succeeded in that. (laughs) 
Let's <laughs> share with us. That's what I tell our graphic designer as I'm torturing mm-hmm. him. I say, you know, it's always worth it, even though it is torture. <laughs> Please share with us the chapter titles. So the first chapter is called The New Normal, and that has a lot of really funny stories about accepting, you know, how we are when we get older. Um, and that has the stories about your body changing, your fitness changing, those pesky technological devices that are sometimes hard to use. And then chapter two is about this topic I love so much, try something new. Chapter three is like validating all of us who are over 60. Chapter three is called older and wiser because we are. And then chapter four is called hit the road. And of course we didn't know we would be going through a pandemic. So we have lots of stories about travel and road trips. And some of these are trips you could still take during the pandemic, and some are trips you'll have to put on your wish list. Chapter five is called The Privilege of Age because we want to remind people about the good things that happen also. There are privileges to being a certain age. And then chapter six is called Get Physical, and it's about doing all of the fitness, trying new sports, getting out there in nature, and then Chapter seven is called Less is More, and I think this is such an important topic. And I know a lot of us during the pandemic have started looking in those closets and those junk drawers and looking at all those clothes. I mean, I think we run the risk right now of giving away all of our clothes because we don't need them, and then we're going to realize, wait, we actually do need clothes again in the future. I was going through my closet the other day. And I thought, wait, I can't give away all my business clothes because eventually I will go back to the office and I will go to meetings. So I've got to restrain myself here. Mm -hmm. I was basically going to give away everything because I wear, you know, three things, you know, over and over again. And then uh, (laughs) chapter eight is called love and love again. Oh, we have such great stories in there about people rekindling romance in their existing relationships or finding new relationships. Chapter nine is called Embrace Your Years, and this is all about, like, accepting your husband's bald spot, your gray hair, you know, your changed figure, uh, the fact that you can't open jars as easily. Chapter 10 is called Second Wind, and these are people who have taken on new careers or new volunteer Mm -hmm. work or new passions after 60. And then chapter 11 is called So Much to Give, and it's about you know, volunteering and giving back, which is something that a lot of us can do when we get older, especially if we become empty nesters or maybe we are retired or only working part-time. So we have those hours available in the day to do something meaningful. Right. So true. I believe this book will make an excellent gift for the upcoming holiday season. Don't you think? I think so. I, I think that, this is really a great gift to give anybody who's 60 and up or even approaching 60 and wondering, you know, what is it going to be like mm-hmm. somebody who's dreading turning 60. I got an email yesterday from one of the writers for the book. And she said that she got one of her friends to buy it. And her friend, I guess, started reading it Tuesday and had already finished it. And um, said that it really changed her life and made her so much more excited about the fact that she had turned 60. Fantastic. That's beautiful. I know. But I felt good about that. That's what this book will mm-hmm. do. It makes everybody feel better about whatever age they are. 
it's just a lot of fun, and we all need some entertainment <laughs> these days. Like some, just and you know what else is great about it? It's 101 mm-hmm. short stories. Right. You can read it in little chunks, and you know it's particularly good for men because a lot mm-hmm. of men don't want to sit down and read a whole long book. But <laughs> you know, you could buy this for a man and leave it in the bathroom, and then he'll read it one story at a time. That's what I do when I want my husband to read something. <laughs> I leave it in the bathroom. Very, very interesting. That's true. That's very true. So what what I like about the stories, too, they are very engaging, though, because it's not something that's heavy, but it's fun. I mean, when you look at it, it's something like you were talking about, something that you look forward to or just thought of like, gee, someone I know or like my mom or my dad or this and that or my grandfather or grandmother could do this. And so I'm thinking ahead from that perspective, denying myself that I'm inching closer <laughs> <laughs> joining the yeah. fraternity here. <laughs> you could be buying this for like your mom or dad in their sixties and also for your mm-hmm. grandparents in their eighties, you know, and it right. works it works for it works for all your relatives. Right, right. So true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser. Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest edition, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Age is Just a Number, 101 Stories of Humor and Wisdom for Life After 60. Amy, let's get into the book, Chapter 1, The New Normal, and the story that I really like in this chapter is Slip of the Tongue by Nancy Emmerich. So Nancy Panko is so funny, and she shares great stories about her life. She actually inspired me to make our hit book that came out earlier this year, Laughter is the Best Medicine, because she told me a great story about her husband. I said, well, you have to write that up, that story, and then I will make a book for your story to go in. And that that book has been a huge success for us. So in this funny story, Nancy tells us some of the words that her husband has been getting wrong, like, one morning, her daughter called her, and um, Nancy's husband told their daughter that Nancy was ordering a shroud online. And then Nancy burst out laughing, but she was laughing so hard that she was crying. So then when she was talking to her daughter, she sounded like she was crying, and then her daughter thought, oh, my God, Mom is dying, and she's actually ordering a shroud <laughs> online. And what well, was Nancy ordering? A bathing suit cover-up, which her husband called a shroud. So then Nancy bought a notebook and she started writing down all the crazy things that her husband said, like he could never call uh, Amazon Alexa by the right name. A long time he came home exhausted and he told Nancy he needed 10 minutes to decompose instead of, you know, decompress. Uh, um, Another time he said, could we have conquistadors for supper? And he actually meant tortillas. And then mm-hmm. one time he was taking the trash out and, and he said to her, Madam, I shall depose this trash. And he meant dispose. So, you know, she wasn't sure if he was going to be like acting like a lawyer and deposing the trash, you know, with some tough questioning. Um, and she said it just goes on and on because her husband one day was telling, um, oh, her husband's friend was telling him that mm-hmm. he had just gotten, um, and he, he said to um, Nancy's, husband 
uh, don't worry, it only took a few minutes, and now all we have to do is wait for the autopsy report because you meant biopsy. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one wrong word after another, which I thought was great. And I think probably women, we probably say just as many wrong words ourselves, but mm-hmm. the good news for us is that the men in our lives aren't listening to us anyway, so we get away with it. <laughs> Very interesting. So true. What do what story do you like in the chapter? Um, well, there's another story that I like in this chapter about the new normal, and it's by um, Heidi Gall. And mm-hmm. now this one isn't funny. This one is just really good advice. She said mm-hmm. that she and her husband started out with almost nothing, and then they worked all their lives, and they ended up in the same place with almost almost nothing because her husband after all those years working and them saving and planning for this cool retired life they were going to have, he got a brain tumor. And so after his treatment for the brain tumor, he was not the same guy and he couldn't Mm -hmm. do the same kind of work he had done before. And so they had to get used to a much simpler life with a lower income and she stopped wishing for a return to their old prosperity, and now she enjoys what they can afford. So, mm-hmm. like, now instead of going to some fancy restaurant, they go on a hike and they have a simple picnic with their dog by their side. And so she says their new normal is just fine. And, you know, a lot of people are planning for a certain retirement, have these mm-hmm. dreams, travel plans, bucket list, and then a health talent comes along, dementia, somebody dies, Yeah. Uh, a grown child has issues and you're not an empty nester after all. Whatever it is, things change and you have to get used to the new normal, not what you had expected to be able to do during your senior years. So I thought this was really good advice for the mm-hmm. people who are facing something very different than they had originally planned for. Right, that's true. And also, I think we all, regardless of age, tend to live a structured life rather than in the moment. And respectfully, in this case, it's like if you live in the moment, you can find so much joy. And then realizing that you actually would love what you're doing rather than all that little structured things that you wanted to do in the first place. Right. Whatever you switch to is probably going to be just as good as what your original Mm -hmm. plan was. Yeah, yeah. Chapter two, try something new. And I really like the story, Paddling My Way Through Fear by B.J. Whitley. So B.J. is another woman who confronted her fear, did something that scared her, and came away with, you know, a much bigger expanded life as a result. So she and her boyfriend were getting rid of their homes, getting rid of 65 years of stuff, and they were going to hit the road in a 40-foot motor home and have a big adventure. But her boyfriend said, we have to have bicycles. And BJ had never learned how to ride a bicycle because when she was a kid, a girl from her church had been hit by a car while riding a bike and she was killed. And so BJ's parents were freaked out and never allowed her to have a bike and communicated their fear to her. So she was afraid, but he talked her into it. And so they went off to Walmart and got a bike and 
she was so surprised that it only took her half an hour to learn how to ride it. So now they've been on the road for seven years, their motorhome, and she has ridden her bike all over the country, you know, on regular streets, on mm-hmm. bumpy trails, at campgrounds. And she says that bicycling has truly enhanced her retirement years and it has given her more self-confidence and also taught her that you're never too old to be courageous and try something new. So true. That's, you know, what happened is like you're living your inner child back regardless of age, basically, <laughs> getting on the bicycle for the first time. I know. And, you know, riding bikes does make you feel so free and like a kid because mm-hmm. during the pandemic, my husband and I took out our bikes, which we hadn't ridden probably in almost 20 years, and we got them mm-hmm. all spruced up and put air in the tires, and we've been biking. It is so much fun. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a great form of exercise, and it's actually very efficient. I think I'm getting a lot more exercise in a you know, shorter number of minutes since I am working full-time. That matters to me. But I do feel that same freedom I felt as a child yeah. when I would go out and ride my bike. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Well, Chapter 3, the title of the chapter is Older and Wiser. So I will let you choose the story that you like. So this is one I like. Um, it's by Kathy Dickey. Uh-huh. And it's the, what's cool about this story is that basically her husband, who's, you know, in his senior years, totally outsmarts a much younger guy who's probably 30 years younger than him. They're in a tennis <laughs> tournament. And the young guy, you know, looks at this old guy that he's matched up against. It. The old guy, Kathy's husband, isn't wearing, like, the latest fashionable tennis apparel the young guy like looks him over and flexes his muscles. And then actually when they got onto the court, the young guy picked up the player's bench with one arm and moved it probably just Mm -hmm. to show that he could. Mm -hmm. And then he was showing off all his moves when they were just, you know, hitting the ball back and forth to warm up at the beginning. So of course that allowed Kathy's husband to figure out all of the guy's moves because the guy was feeling them. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, the guy won the first game um, but it had been his serve, so he should have won the first mm-hmm. game. But then Kathy's husband broke serve more than once and won the set six to three, which is mm-hmm. really, really good considering that they were in a tennis tournament and were supposed to be mm-hmm. evenly matched. And then the second set, the guy took risks, the young guy, and it was disastrous. He lost six to two. And then Alan, the husband, the senior guy who had – Staying power won the third set as well, and Kathy says the young man was visibly frustrated by the end of the match. Clearly stunned, he had lost to his much older opponent and so decisively too. So I got a kick out of that because sometimes you know wisdom trumps younger muscles. So I, I really liked that one a lot. That's cool. That's really wonderful story. And by the way, I think that story is eight shouldn't matter. So that's pretty cool. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> Chapter four, hit the road and away we go. And I really like this by uh, Barbara Lamonico. So Barbara's actually our senior editor. She's been with Chicken Soup for the Soul Oh, gosh, more than 20 years. And she's been with the company longer than anybody else. And mm-hmm. 
She and her husband love Corvettes. They're in a Corvette club in Santa Barbara, California, and he has five or six Corvettes. He has one Corvette from every model year except for the oldest model, the oldest, mm-hmm. not every year, but every body type, you know, which changes right. every few years. So he has all of them except for the very first body type that came out decades ago. And so the latest body type, I think, was about to change, and so they needed to go and buy the latest one before it changed. They didn't want to miss one. So they went and they ordered a new Corvette, silver, red racing stripes, and or maybe it's white racing stripes. It's really cool. I've seen it. And a red interior. I was so jealous because I was buying a car at the same time, and I wanted a red interior so much, but I couldn't find one, you know, for me to order. Mm-hmm. And so um, they ended up getting it. And then every five years, there is this national like convention of Corvette owners who drive to Bowling Green, Kentucky, from all over the country. So they took their new Corvette. And, you know, they started out in Santa Barbara with the members of their Corvette club. So, you know, a dozen or more cars. And then they kept, you know, merging with more and more groups of cars as they Mm -hmm. went to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And by the time they got to Kentucky, there were thousands of cars. And I was following her journey. It was a couple of summers ago. And I was following the whole thing online um, and watching all these videos. I mean, they pull into these towns and there'd be, you know, a thousand Corvettes in a (laughs) row going by and people standing on bridges and waving at them. It was so cool. So anyway, uh, that's what she's done. And I asked her, you know, were, was everybody in your group older? And she said, no, there were plenty of people in their 30s, 40s. It wasn't all, you know, more senior people. Um, mm-hmm. And Barbara's not retired, obviously. She works full-time for us and her husband works full-time also. But they just took time off to do this. But anyway, that's what she wrote about. I thought, what a great story. What a cool event they were part of. What I like about the story is just the fact that that's a moment that you can sort of compartmentalize and live what you like doing. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like free. Yeah. She was very free. And then the cool thing was that, you know, the car had Bluetooth for the cell phone. And then she has, <laughs> um, you know, her hotspot on her phone. So she was able to still do email and stuff from mm-hmm. the car. So mm-hmm. she traveled across the country and was still using all of the latest technology to get her work done and also for their GPS and everything else. So it was great. Right. It was a really wonderful thing that they did. Right. So true. Well, chapter five, the privilege of age. And I really love this story reserved for seniors by Donna Volkanen. Yeah, so um, I just thought this was one of those funny stories. So Donna was taking <laughs> her granddaughter to soccer practice at the high school, and they were running late. Her granddaughter was really stressed out about being on time because, you know, when you're on that team, you have to be on time. And they mm-hmm. had a rule that you couldn't put your cleats on in the car. You had to wait till you got to the field. But they were running so late that her granddaughter was putting her cleats on in the car anyway. And they couldn't find a parking spot. So her granddaughter started to panic. And then Donna spotted some open spots right by the entrance. Mm -hmm. And there were signs that said reserved for seniors. So she pulled right in. (laughs) And her granddaughter said, no, Grandma, those are for seniors in high school. 
And Donna said, oh, it just says seniors, and I'm a senior. I'm not budging <laughs> this car. And so I thought, that is so great, like great privilege of age. She was just going to pretend she didn't know they meant high school seniors if anyone came along to ticket her. I don't blame her. I would do the same thing. You say, well, you all need to correct the sign a little bit. <laughs> I thought it was wonderful. I would definitely go with that. <laughs> Chapter six, get physical. The oldest living thing in the building. This is really cool by Linda Simmons. This was so funny. I mean, it was a great story that would motivate you to get fit, but it was also so funny the way she described it, like saying that Mm -hmm. she was the oldest living thing in the building, but her friend wanted them to train to do um, the hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and it was going to be 25 miles in two days, so they really needed to prepare because they were both in their 60s. And so she hit the gym and she just, she said she just about died. Like she had to do circuit training because that was the best way to prepare for this Grand Canyon hike. And circuit training is really, really tiring. And she was older than the rest of the people in the class by at least 30 years. So anyway, she made it through the class, even though she thought that she would die. And, um, (laughs) and then you know, then when she finished, this is like a sample class. The the closer, you know, comes up to sign mm-hmm. you up, and the closer came up to her and said, "Like, so how great was that?" And uh, and Linda said, "I may die right here," but then she signed <laughs> up for the class anyway. It was just it was really fun. It's, mm-hmm. I don't want to give away all of her jokes, but she made so many great jokes in this story, and I was just laughing while I was reading it. <laughs> Chapter seven, less is more. The perfect pair, Geneva Cop, Ijima. This is a really nice one as so, well. Yeah, so Geneva was downsizing and not just getting rid of stuff in her house, but actually getting rid of her house. And so she was moving to this two-bedroom cottage, which was big enough for her. She had recently become a widow. And it was a little cottage that also had a garage, and I think it was on the grounds of one of these assisted living facilities so that she could go and have you know, her meals made for her. And her daughter and son-in-law flew in to help her sort through all her stuff. And they made those standard piles, you know, keep, donate, trash, and then sell. So all the keep items they were hauling to the new cottage. And they were using her big Toyota Highlander. You know, that's a big SUV. And then Mm -hmm. as they kept making trips to and from the cottage, her son-in-law realized that the Highlander was really too wide to fit in that garage at her new place. You could pull in, but you couldn't really get the doors open. Right. So she was going to have to get a new car, and she really resisted. But then, of course, she didn't really need this big SUV just for her. So she reluctantly gave in, went looking for a new car, and found this cute little Chevy Sonic that was bright red. And so now she gave up the big SUV. She's driving around in this snappy little car, and she is enjoying it so much, which, you know, just goes to show that age is just a number, and it's never (laughs) too late to mix it up and try new things. That's right. That's right. Actually, some of the smaller cars are really cute, and having, uh, respectfully, the women, regardless of age, that drives those cars are really, really neat. (laughs) 
And there's something about a red car. Like I wanted that red interior, but mm-hmm. I know when my mother was, I don't know, around 80, she had a really bad car accident and we took her car away from her. She totaled her car and it was her fault. Mm-hmm. And we hired a driver to drive her around for four hours a day. So the first day she had the driver, she had the driver take her to the Toyota dealer and she bought mm-hmm. a bright red Corolla. <laughs> I know. It's like, mom, that wasn't why I hired the driver. I didn't hire the driver to take you to the car dealer to get another car when you're never supposed to drive again. But something about being older and having a bright red car. Uh, that's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So, you know, one of the chapters mm-hmm. that I really love in this book is chapter eight, which is called mm-hmm. Love and Love Again, because yeah. that's one of the scary things about getting older. You know, you start to get bored with your marriage. You need ways to reinvigorate it or mm-hmm. you become mm-hmm. single um, mm-hmm. through divorce or through death. And then you don't know, how am I going to find somebody new? So I was so happy that we could create a whole chapter about finding love again. And some of the stories are about people who figured out how to um, kind of renovate their marriages and make them romantic and fun again. And then some of them are from people who were alone and went out and did that scary thing of finding somebody new. And I think the oldest person we have in the chapter is Lori, who goes by Queen Lori as her writing name because she was um, crowned queen of a Irma Bombeck like writing convention. So, <laughs> so Queen Lori, her three daughters wanted her to try online dating, but Lori was 87. But she tried it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. They signed her up for match.com. So she, she said she would do it, but then she never actually went and looked at her results. So then finally her daughters realized, <laughs> oh, mom's not actually using match.com. So one of her daughters went on and there was this guy who, who was being persistent. He hadn't given up on Lori kept failing to answer him and he had so many things in common with her he was also a former educator he also loved to dance because Lori had been a professional dancer and he also enjoyed watching football and so they talked on the phone for a couple of weeks and then Lori finally agreed that she would meet him just for lunch but then she kind of liked him so that led to dinner and then ballroom dancing and theater and going to Indianapolis Colts games with his season tickets And after a few months, he proposed, where else but in the middle of the dance floor. And Lori said, oh, no, it's too soon. She was 87, right? No, too soon, too soon. I want to wait. So they waited a year and a half, and then they did get married. And now it's been another two years, and she says they still feel like newlyweds, and she's having a blast. And I guess she's about 90 now and enjoying this new marriage. (laughs) That's a beautiful story. Love it. It's just, you know, it tells you that what's amazing is that you live young at heart. Everything is perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of this book really is that age is only what you, you know, what you make it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, there's a quote, there's a German proverb um, that says, to remain young while grow, while growing old is the highest blessing, and that's basically what we're trying to do with this book is give people a lot of inspiration to remain young while they're growing old. Because I would say young in your head, even if old chronologically. <laughs> Beautiful. 
You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest edition, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Age is Just a Number, 101 Stories of Humor and Wisdom for Life After 60. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Amy, chapter nine, Embrace Your Years, and this is beautiful, Openly Gray by Robin Howell Will. So this story is really good. For women who have not been going to the hairdresser during the pandemic, a lot of women are saying, huh, my hair's been going gray because I haven't been going to the hairdresser. Maybe I'll just stop going to the hairdresser and stop dyeing my hair. Maybe I'll let my hair grow a little longer and a little grayer. (laughs) And this is what Robin did even before the pandemic. She finally got tired of dyeing her hair And so she had all the hair dye stripped off, and she describes the whole process, which I thought was really interesting because I didn't really know how you would do that. And she was Mm -hmm. initially shocked when all the color that she had in there was stripped out, and then she actually saw that her hair was totally white. But then the hairdresser put in some kind of rinse to give it this beautiful silver tone and -hmm. gave her this flattering new haircut. And... Robin says she has never gotten so many compliments on her hair as when she switched to going natural. And I thought, well, this Mm -hmm. is something that everybody really needs to hear right now because so many Mm -hmm. women are saying that it's been very hard to keep up their normal hair care regimen during the pandemic. Right, right. So true. It's a beautiful story. And it's something that you're right because I think even men are conscious of how they look. (laughs) Yeah, a lot Chapter- of men are going are getting longer hair now, and it actually looks pretty good. It's probably going to be back in style again <laughs> to have longer hair. Chapter 10, Second Win, New Recruits Wanted by Fred Weber. Finally, we got a so guy story. This is story. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a lot of men in here. I know. Fred, um, <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> Fred always wanted to be a firefighter. Like, from the time that he was a little kid, he wanted to be a firefighter, but it just didn't happen. He went into construction and he worked in construction for 40 years. And then he assisted at a motor vehicle accident one day on the way to work. Um, he, he had been trained as a level three first aid attendant, whatever that is. And he helped this police officer rescue a driver who was in cardiac arrest and he did CPR and he saved her. So then when he saw that the local firefighters were recruiting he applied. He decided to go after his dream, even though he was turning 60 at that time. And he was accepted. And in fact, there were five new recruits and only two made it through all the training. And Fred was one of them. It was really tough. And he lost 20 pounds doing it. And he thought about quitting more than once, but he persevered. And now it's 10 years later, and he's still with the fire department. And he's doing what he loves. So I thought, what a great inspiration. You can start a whole new career and pursue that, you know, that dream that you had put aside. You could still pursue mm-hmm. that dream and start that new career after 60. So true. So true. Chapter 11 is the perfect icing on the cake of the front of the book chapter. I love it. So much to give. And to me, this is what epitomizes 
being a senior, the wisdom and everything else that goes with it. And the story I really like is Little Fighters by Marilyn Ibach. So Marilyn, you know, was finally retired and she was wondering, what should I do next? And then she recalled that she had met somebody who was a baby cuddler in the NICU at one of the local hospitals. So that's the newborn Mm -hmm. intensive or neonatal intensive care unit. So she went and applied to become a baby cuddler because they want the babies to have a lot of human contact and the parents can't be with them all the time. And so she signed up and became a volunteer who cuddled babies in the NICU. And she says, these little babies are such fighters that they really inspire her. They have such big human spirit, even in their tiny little, you know, three or four or five pound bodies. And so she has really learned a lot from this volunteer job working on these little babies. And I thought that was great. And a great example of the kind of really fulfilling volunteer work that you can do when you now have the time available to volunteer. Yeah. I thought it was a, when I read that story, it was just like amazing. I didn't even realize they have a position for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I didn't, I hadn't heard about it either, but of course it makes sense because the parents, Mm -hmm can't be there all the time. Some of them, it's not their first baby, so they have kids to take care of at right, home. Right, right. And it is so important for babies to have that human contact in the very beginning. And I think that they've you know, actually scientifically proven that the babies do better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if they have more human contact. Right. In this chapter, what do you like? Is there a story that kind of stood out for you? Well, there's another one with a woman who actually got her husband to do it with her. So that's one of those like, honey, you know what we should do. But he reluctantly agreed to do it with her. And she worked with kids also, but more high school age. And she did it mm-hmm. through her, the youth group at her church. Mm-hmm. And boy, did she thrive as a result of working with these kids. I mean, she helped them, but they helped her more. And she ended up stepping outside her comfort zone and doing all mm. kinds of new things with the kids. And she went zip lining across the Canyon, even though she was terrified, she had to climb a 35 foot ladder just to start the zip lining and just climbing a 35 foot ladder is pretty scary. And so she concludes her story by saying, I volunteered to be a light in the lives of a teen youth group. But the truth is I walked away with the best deal from the relationship because volunteering brought new meaning to this old gal. So I thought that was really nice and a very, very good reminder to people that if you do have that spare time, you will love it if you find some kind of volunteer mm-hmm. work to do to give back in your community. So true. I mean, what I like about this chapter is that there's a sense of realization until you are out there and you start giving, you don't realize how much you have to give. And we're not talking about money here. Time, wisdom, and it makes you feel great. Yeah, because you're connecting again with Mm -hmm. other people, usually younger people, and you never feel better than when you're helping somebody else because it validates you. It gives you worth and purpose. I know that when uh, people are clinically depressed or suicidal, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm one of the things they're often told to do is go and volunteer somewhere. 
because then you realize that your life does have value and that you can make a difference to people. And people always say when they volunteer that the biggest beneficiary is the person doing the volunteering, not the recipient. Right, right. So true. Where can someone go to get information about contributing to next year's Chicken Soup Stories lineup? So you can go to chickensoup.com, and then at the bottom of the homepage, you can click on Submit Your Story, and you'll see all the topics that we're working on, and there are a number of them uh, that we're collecting on right now. We're collecting stories about cats. We're collecting stories about um, Christmas for for the Mm -hmm. Christmas 2021 book. We're collecting stories about overcoming tough times. Um, we're collecting stories from black women. I'm really excited about this. We're putting out a book and actually mm-hmm. you're the first person I've told about this because mm-hmm. we haven't even announced it publicly yet. So here goes, here goes my public announcement. Uh, we're putting <laughs> out a book called speaking now, black women, black women share 100 share their truth in 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. I'm working with, Brina Clark, who is a very well-known black novelist, and mm-hmm. uh, we're putting this book together with stories for everyone to read about what it's like to be a black woman in the mm-hmm. U.S., Canada, other places in the world. It's a very important book. It's where black women can come together and share their stories with each other, but also mm-hmm. where people of other colors can can understand the black experience. I mean, right. we don't always understand it. If I mean, I one of the women was telling me that her husband um, was doing a Zoom conference for mm-hmm. 200 black medical professionals in his city, and some white supremacist Zoom bombed their oh. Zoom conference and destroyed it. I mean, this is just stuff that you know, it's not part of my daily experience and it's horrifying. And it's very important for everybody to know that this kind of thing is going on so that we can all take action to make sure that this stuff stops happening. I mean, another woman, she's a psychotherapist and she went to see one of her clients. Uh, She was in Milwaukee and she was on the sidewalk outside her client's building and she was eating a sandwich on the sidewalk and somebody mm-hmm. called the cops, and this psychotherapist with a master's degree who's innocently <laughs> standing on the sidewalk eating a sandwich is surrounded by cops because she's black. <laughs> it's just horrifying. Yeah. So right. I, I want people to be exposed to stories like this, to understand what actually yeah. goes on, because we're just clueless about it. So we're doing that. We're also collecting stories about elder care, and this is for mm-hmm. people who are family caregivers for somebody who's older and Mm -hmm. may have dementia or may not, but still needs elder care. Uh, We're also collecting news stories for preteens and teens. So there's a lot going on. You'll find it all at the submit your story section of our website. And also on our website, you can click on um, new books and you'll see this book age is just a number. And you can look at the front cover and the back cover and get, more of a sense of what's inside the book. You can also click on our podcast and I'm sharing a lot of stories from the book on the podcast and also stories Mm -hmm. from some of our other new books, which gives you a taste of the books 
while you're deciding if they'll make a good Christmas gift or not. Fantastic. That sounds terrific. How is chicken soup preparing for the holiday season? Well, we're all still working at home. We have no plans to open our offices, which are in Connecticut, New York, and California. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're doing great with everybody working at home. Thank God for technology, right? The internet really rose to the occasion, (laughs) right? Worked for all of us. We have such a great team that everybody's doing a terrific job at home and we're all still bonding with each other and, you know, doing the things you're supposed to do with your colleagues. So um, Christmas season, who knows what's going to happen, right? I don't even know if I'm going to see my kids at Christmas time. It's really tough, but I know one thing, people are really turning to books right now. So um, I feel good about that. Like our sales are not down even while all mm-hmm. these bookstores closed and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. everything that's going on, uh, our, our book sales are not down. In fact, they're up a little bit this year. So people definitely have the time and the inclination to read something these, these days. That's fantastic. That's excellent news. As we close the show, what wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Um, I guess I'm thinking about some of the things you can do as part of living through, you know, being home so much during the pandemic. And I would say one of my ingredients for my recipe for living would be to realize that it's not too late to find your kind of fitness, you know, whether it's taking walks while listening to an audiobook, whether it's pulling out the bike, whether it's swimming, whether it's riding on the stationary bike inside your house because the weather is bad where you are, but it's not too late to find that. Mm -hmm. And then another thing I've noticed is that people are really getting into nature. Everybody I talk to is saying, right. the tree's beautiful this year. Don't there seem to be more birds than ever? Doesn't the outdoors look more beautiful than ever? And I don't know if it really is more beautiful than ever or if we're just noticing Paying it attention. because we have yeah. the time, right? Mm-hmm. But I am finding that everybody's talking about how much they're enjoying being outside in nature. And I, for one, have resolved that I will go outside in nature, even when it's freezing cold, because it's fabulous out there. And it just recharges you and restores Mm -hmm. you and it helps you relax. So I think that my biggest ingredient right now for my recipe for living would be to go outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Beautiful. Amy, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me. I'm from My Mouse Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks, Tuesday morning, November 17. My guest will be Michael McAdams. Michael and his late mom, Wilma Jean Jones, co-authored a powerful book with messages from the spiritual realm titled An Angel Told Me So, Wisdom That Speaks to the Heart of Humanity During Challenging Times. Michael and I will be having a conversation about his, his remarkable life's journey and his collection of teachings on universal truth of divine existence beyond the physical, assuring the readers you're not alone. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. Thanks a lot, Johnny. Thank you. Bye-bye.